We have no word to express our gratitude, what he has done, and that's why we are purchased possession of God. Let's pray before we start. Father, we thank you so very much for bringing us together on this Lord's Day. Thank you, Lord. This is the day of victory over sin, death, and hell. And we stand on that victory because of Christ. Heavenly Father, as you brought all of us in the house of God to worship the Lord, not only that, but you've given us the awesome privilege to sit under the authority of your word and, and lean upon you that your Holy Spirit would make us understand the beauty and the glory of your word. Will you please do so and we'll give you all praise. Each person has a different need this morning and only, oh God, search our heart and know and minister to our need. May you be praised. Again, Lord, we thank you for that cross which you bore on our behalf and the death could not keep its prey. He came out victoriously, and because he lives, we are here. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Thank you very much. What a joy that we are here this morning to study the book of Job. And we are in the second chapter of the book of Job. And I don't want to go in details again, and uh, uh, but... Just touch, touch the base, what we did. We are in the invisible war. Christians are in invisible war. Once you were liberated from the bondage of sin, Satan has declared war against you. And we, have, we, we, are, we are in the war. So we need to remember that we are in the war. And when you see the chapter 2, and when, you live, when we study chapter 1, it reminded us there is a war. And uh, well, last Lord's Day, we considered about that. And if anybody sees, thinks that we are not in war, I want to remind them that the power of the enemy is so strong, and he's unleashing his power, fury, and hatred for God's people. And we are not exempted. Now, over, over everything, we need to understand our God. Our God is an awesome God. Amen. Our God is an awesome God. He's a sovereign God. Nothing comes in the life of yours and mine without his permission. Permission. He grants the permission. And so we see in the book of Job that how Satan got permitted to do what he did, excuse me, did it to Job and his family. So here God's being sovereignly direct the limits and even uses Satan to accomplish God's purpose. Remember, God is a sovereign. He is the one who authorizes or he is the one who permits Satan to do his bid for his purpose. <laughs> It's a marvelous God. See, finite mind will never comprehend. That's why we people have a misunderstanding about God. Our God, he loves us. He wants us to be, he wants to conform. Romans chapter 8, verse 31, 32. He has predestined us so we can be conformed into the image of Christ. So he's doing his work according to his way, not according to what I want him to do. 
So we, we, we do recognize that he's a potter. And so we need to recognize we are the clay. And he has a power over clay to shape us, melt us, mold us, break us, if it pleases him. So here we are. So, so God sovereignly permits Satan, but he has a limit. That you can go thus far and not much. So God has permitted Satan. So the main idea in chapter 2, we already saw that God allows Job to be tested by Satan, who robs him of his physical health, yet Job remains faithful. That is the lesson for all of us, to remain faithful, no matter what comes in our life. Believers, I, let me tell you, the best is yet to come for us. Amen. The best is yet to come. We need to hang on. Hang on to the God Almighty. Like a little boy, he's going in the darkness, he's holding daddy's hand. Nothing going to happen. My son, I'm holding your hand. Don't you worry about that. If you know that, we have a God who walks with us, who talks with us along life's narrow way. And he never leave us and never forsake us. So we saw that God's, uh, Satan's per, uh, persistence regarding Job, chapter 2, verse 1, 2, 3. I'm not going to go, but this is just a headline. Then we saw the Satan's persuasion, chapter 2, verse 4 to 5, and Satan's permission, and then Satan's persecution. That's what we were looking into. That's what we were looking into. Satan's persuasion, we already saw that. Uh, the skin for skin, and now Satan's permission, chapter 2, verse 6. Satan was granted permission to go, and I always say, and the Lord said, make my day. Go, Satan, go, make my day. You know why? Because we can learn a lesson. Do not get any surprise. Romans chapter 15, verse 3. Everything was written for our encouragement and for our instruction. Okay? So keep that in mind that Satan was permitted to do whatever he had planned. So that's, okay, remove the hedge. Because you have kept the hedge. That's why Job is blessing you. So God said, okay, they, they removed the hedge. And you know the hell broke loose. And Satan and Job had to go through so much. And we already saw that. And then started the Satan's persecution. Chapter 2, verse 7 to 13. Struck by Satan. And uh, you know what happened to Job. And uh, uh, get the, we already saw that picture that Job took a piece of broken pottery. Can you remember? When, when, when the boil came over, and that was a boil like Exodus chapter, we already saw that uh, the, the, the soul came to the God's people in the Israelites, uh, the, uh, in the Egyptians' people, uh, as a judgment of God. So that was the soul kind. We, we saw that the other day. And uh, 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 Job was still... I cannot even fathom. He, he did not have a painkiller, right? He did not have a, any lotion to soothe his sore and all these things. So what he did, he went to the uh, uh, he, he, he went to the garbage dump and sat there among the ashes where trash was burned. At, he took the pottery and he scraped himself. Imagine that. Imagine that. That was Job. And... Uh, uh, perhaps the greater attack came from Job's faith. His own beloved wife told Job, are you still holding on to your integrity? Curse God and die. 
So she lined with Satan because Satan wanted Job to curse God and deny him. But he failed it. So now he uses uh, his wife, curse God, and we get over. And uh, then Job, uh, out of Job's mouth came a beautiful, beautiful word. And chapter 2, verse 10. I wish everybody would memorize that verse. Chapter 2, verse 10. And, and, and he said, you are talking like a foolish woman. You're talking like a foolish woman. This abrupt reproof from Job. He said, can we not expect bad things from God? Can we not expect bad things from God? Everything good, good, good. How are you going to be tested? How are you going to become more stronger? How are you going to have a strong spiritual muscle unless you are thrown into the trials? So that what is coming. True faith always rests upon what God is. Write down in your mind. True faith always rests upon who God is or what God is. Not what God does for you, beloved. I always say that. Always say that. So unbelief of Job's wife led Job to respond with the strongest word. Are you still? Um, um, uh, he's a, he said, shall we not accept bad things from God? Only good things? Well, that is the prosperity gospel, right? So here Job told his wife, can we not expect bad things God allows to happen to his people? And, and, and then worse of that, his friends came. His three friends came, Eliphaz, Bilad, and Zophar. And they could hardly recognize Job. Hardly recognize Job. His appearance was due, his appearance physically, emotionally was so bad. They could not even recognize he was sitting there, scraping and uh, sprinkling the dust over his head and all these things. And his friends came in, they sat with Job. And uh, they also sat with Job and tried to identify with Job and his pain. And uh, so that was, uh, permission was granted. And uh, Job was absolutely, absolutely uh, different person than what he was. And uh, the whole message of Job, that Job loves the Lord, not because of the blessings, but because Job's God is alive. Alive. God allows Job to be tested by Satan, who robbed him of his physical health Yet he remains faithful to God. So when I was preparing this, I read about Martin Luther. It's a wonderful story. Listen to this very, very carefully. And, and he said, Job, worship God. If I hand over the piece of paper to you, what kind of worship Job offered after everything was taken away from him, what would you write? What would you write? What would, come, what would come in your mind? What kind of worship Job offered? Something to think about. Something to think about. Worshiping God in the midst of the great difficulty, much like Job, is the great challenge. It certainly was the soul-stretching experience 
of the great German reformer Martin Luther. Martin Luther had gone through the same thing what Job had gone. This man, Martin Luther, faced many difficulties and adversities throughout his life, but none more painful than what he encountered in 1527. In that gruesome year, the bubonic plague and the black death swept across Germany, taking countless lives. Many of Luther's students and the fellow citizens abandoned Wittenberg where Martin Luther nailed his 95 thesis. Remember that. So many of the Luther students and fellow citizens abandoned Wittenberg, and, but Luther felt it was his obligation to stay. Further, his house was transformed into the hospital for others. His wife was pregnant and sick, and his own child almost died. The weight of heavy responsibility from the reformation, or the reformation that was thrust upon this great reformer. In this dreadful ordeal and physical fatigue, illness, gripped Martin Luther's own body in this most difficult hour of his life. What did Martin Luther did? He composed the song, Almighty Fortress is Our God. Out of ashes always comes beauty. Out of ashes always comes the beauty. Martin Luther was thrown into that. But as a result of that, this great song, hymn, you know how many languages that song is translated? 160 in the world. A mighty fortress is our God. That was the time when he was going through so much and the historian says he worshiped God by this song. A mighty fortress is our God. What a song. What a song. You know, you can worship God through the scripture in the times when you lose everything because the word of God stands forever. Word of God stands forever. What is the life application? In chapter 2, what is a life application? How to deal with temptation? How did Job do? How, how can we deal the temptation? In our fight with Satan, we must recognize that he most often attacks us with a temptation, an enticement to evil. God has chosen to allow such test to prove our allegiance. James chapter 1 verse 2. No wonder James, what did James say? When you encounter the trials, do not consider as an intruder, but consider as a joy. Why? The trials of faith produces endurance. <sighs> Wonderful. You know, people say, Pastor, will you please for patience? So I said, okay. Then you pray, Lord, give some more persecution in this man's life. Because that's the only way he can learn patience. Remember, the temptation is an opportunity to demonstrate our faith in God. How do we react to the temptation? So, 
How do we treat temptation? Expect it. Do not consider as a surprise gift. <laughs> it is expected. It is expected. Each Christian should expect that he that will that will launch his offensive, Satan's offensive against us. No believer is exempt from these hellish attacks. God's people may never face the full force of such a full arm of um, advance as Job did, but believers must embrace and be prepared to come under the fury of the devil's fire by virtue of our faith in God. If you have a faith in God, then you will be tested and tempted and tried. Then only the genuineness of your faith will come on the surface. The world is watching you. How do you handle the temptation and the trials? What kind of legacy you would live, like to leave behind for your children and grandchildren to follow? Because they're looking at you. They're looking at you, how you handle it. And how many people become casualty in the hands of the enemy with self-pity and they end up with casualty. But we have a big God. We have a big, big, big God. And that's why he said, prove me now. Test me now. If God is testing you, then test him by his word. And he will prove himself his faithful. He will prove himself that he is faithful. Believers are called on the alert, remembering two things, my friends. Two things. Remember always, my friends, the battle is the Lord's. When God allows you and allows Satan to try you or tempt you, remember, battle is the Lord's. That is to me, when God allows the trials, God would like you to make your trials as a servant to fulfill God's purpose. What happened when David confronted Goliath? You remember in uh, 1 Samuel chapter 17, and the Bible tells us in 47, you come against me with spear and sword, but I come against you in the name of Yahweh, whom you defile, and I will hand over your body to the carcasses, and, 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 the, and they, they, you will be dead meat for people. And he said, battle is the Lord's. Battle is the Lord's. It's not your battle. When God has counted you worthy, it is God's battle. He counted you to play, fight for because the victory is his. Battle is the Lord's. You know, also in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 15, when Hezekiah was confronted with uh, Moabites and Ammonites, and uh, 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 Hezekiah just went on his knees and said, God, we have no strength to fight. And then the Lord says, and then the Bible tells us so beautifully, and his eyes was on God. Is it not the writer of the Hebrews reminds us 
In chapter 12, looking unto Jesus, a pioneer and perfecter of our faith, who never deny himself. So we are surrounded by David, Hezekiah, and countless. So remember the battle is Lord. Number two, the one who dwells in us is the greater than the one who is in this world. I love it. I like to stand here and shout for hallelujah. The one who is with us is the greatest. Greatest. That's why our God is a big God. He's not a small God. Don't treat him like a small God. <laughs> He's a big, 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 big God. I cannot understand. But I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm learning every day. And I hope you are learning every day who our God is. It's wonderful to sing our God is an awesome God, but we need to understand the, 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 the glory of God. The glory of God. Who God is, you know. You remember in uh, Elisha time, uh, uh, people, uh, uh, Syrian army came and surrounded and uh, Elisha's servant, he said, Master, Master, look at the chariots and all these things, and we are done now. <laughs> and uh, Elisha said, Oh God, will you please open the eyes of this man? And when the Lord opened his eyes, he said, Oh, we have more chariots of fire, horses than they have. And the Elisha said, The one who is with us is the greatest than the one who is the Syrian army. <laughs> that is the God we have, my beloved. That is the God we have. And in 1 John chapter 4, verse 4, the same verse. And then 2 Chronicles chapter 32, verse 7 and 8, three times in the Bible, it is recorded the one who is with us is the greatest than the one who is in this world. And in Paul writes in Romans chapter 8, verse 31, if, if, if the Lord is with us, who can? Against us. You must know whom you belong to and stand with him. Stand with him. I read the little boy in the Sunday school. The teacher asked, he said, Johnny, what would you do if Satan comes and knocks the door of your heart? He said, I will ask Jesus to open. It's true. It's so true. Let him handle. He will take care of he will take care of. So remember, expect it. Temptation, expect it. And detect it. Discern it. You know, my friend, greatest need in the body of the believers is a discernment. And discernment do not grow in vacuum. The discernment grow in the knowledge of the God's word. If you want to know the true currency of the note, then you need to see the counterfeit then only you can discern what is right and what is wrong. That's so true, friends. Every believer must sharpen his powers of discernment in spiritual warfare. Each Christian must detect or discern the advances of the enemy. Satan wants to influence our minds, 
uh, uh, minds of God's people. Minds and God's people must measure everything by the unfailing standard of God's truth. Praise God that God has not left us on the four crossroads and say, find your way. But he has given us the blueprint from Genesis to Revelation. Get into scripture, find out the meaning and stand on it. That's what we need. That's why, beloved, I always emphasize, read the word of God. Don't leave your house without reading the word of God. Write down on a refrigerator, no Bible reading, no coffee. And practice. Practice. We are so, not all, but so many people are so spiritually ignorant. So they do not know how to handle. That's why, beloved, we need to get, I told you the other day, if you read five chapters in the morning, five chapters in the evening, you will finish the Bible in four months. I guarantee you. So in a year, you will finish three times. Three times. If you read five chapters in the morning, discipline yourself. Five chapters in the evening, there are 1,189 chapters in the Bible. So divide by 10. You come up to less than four months. Read that. And there were 41,158 verses. And you divide by 52. And you find out how many verses you can read. Read. You know, Linda, Linda and Tim were here two weeks ago. So one day, Linda is always bubbling with joy. So she came and said, Pastor. I said, what? He said, I, I, I found out I can read 10 chapters and I can finish four, in four months. I said, go for it. I said, call me when you finish. She said, I will do that. That's wonderful, friends. Wonderful. That God's people must measure everything by the unfailing standard of truth. The word of God. Word of God will keep you away from sin, or sin will keep you away from the word of God. Remember that. Remember that. You know, you have to discipline yourself, my friends. It is hard. I, I heard people say, I need my eight-hour sleep. Okay, good. But then you cut down one hour and give that Lord to the Lord, and the Lord will bless you. Uh, you know, I, I, I often say that, I say it again, that when God saved me in 1967, I made a covenant with God. Then, now it's 50 years more now, almost 50 years. I get up every morning at quarter to three. That's my time with the Lord. And read his word, eat his word. If I, if I don't equip by the word of God, what authority I have to tell you? And as a result of that, my friends, I challenge you that you can do that also. By God's grace, I finished 44 times in the Bible because of that. I challenge you, you can do that. So when you know the scripture, you can handle it. Anytime anything comes in your you can discern whether it is from the Lord or it is from the devil. And you can leave the example for your children to follow. You know, I was preparing this and then uh, uh, some thoughts came to my mind and I wrote down, I just want to 
that let you know what a what a beautiful thought. Even this morning at 4:30, I was thinking, and I, uh, this came to my mind. So I just listen to this. Examine everything carefully in order to hold fast to what, and uh, uh, hold fast to that which is good, and abstain from every form of the evil. Christian must Christian must be discerning lest they be the children tossed here and there by the waves of the carried waves that carries about every wind of doctrine. You know why people fall into the hands of the cult? Because they do not know the scripture. Cult has a heyday among the ignorance. Let me say it again. Cult, Jehovahness, Mormons, you name it. They have a heyday among the ignorance. They become the prey because they don't know how to handle the scripture. One day I, I told, in the morning we had a breakfast. I told, I said, Jehovahness came to our house. I said, I was happy, very happy. So they came and I might put my New Testament in Greek. And I said, okay. They thought that I'm dumb. Uh, they, they thought that I don't know anything. So they came, the, the person who was a trainee, he was stood first, and the one who was already trained, he was behind, and that's how they work. So he came and he stood before, and he said, uh, we are from Jehovah's Kingdom Hall. I said, okay, very good, I'm glad you are here. And then I said, uh, then they explained to me all these things. I said, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy that you took time and explained to me. Now, would you like to hear me what I have to say? Uh, I said, okay. I said, uh, pull your Bible. Pull your Bible, New Testament. Uh, do you have a New Testament in your Greek language? Because New Testament is written in Greek language, is it? Okay, yeah. I said, yeah. I said, I have a New Testament. I can help you to understand. Oh, then you can see their eyes were rolling now. So I said, uh, turn with me to John chapter 1, verse 1. So they tried to, they opened John chapter 1, verse 1. And then I pulled my New Testament in Greek and I said, okay, let's try, compare to one to the another. I said, you, be, you believe this is the Greek New Testament? I said, you can check it out. I said, yeah, this is Greek. I said, your New Testament says, in the beginning, God, uh, in the, God created heaven and, no, what is that? In the, in the beginning was a word, a word for them, a word, not the word. In Greek language, it's whole logos. So I said, I have a problem with your translation. He said, here it says the word in Greek language, and you said a word. Who did that? So you believe that Jesus is a small God? Oh, the man was behind you pulling the, let's go. Oh, we need to go some houses. I said, okay, you can go. On one condition, don't you go nearby, you are a cultist, and I don't want to doctrinate my people here. Get out from here. They marked my house and never came back. That's what they do. That's the way they do that. If I did not know, I could have become the victims. I could have become victims. What I'm driving, my beloved, detect, discern, and the discernment do not grow in vacuum. You need we have, thank God, God has given the Bible, the word of God. And then you can stand upon God's word. The word taste, the word of God assess everything like metals would determine the purity and the value. 
Satan wants to influence our minds by creating doubt, the denying the truth, and distorting the truth. That's what Satan did in the Garden of Eden, right? Satan's basic strategy we find in the Garden of Eden, right? That's, right, that's how it is. First, he cast the doubt on what God said about eating the fruit of the tree of life. Indeed, has God said like this? Question mark. Second, Satan denied outright what God had said to Adam. You sincerely will not die. You will recycle. Thirdly, Satan added the distortion. What God had specifically told Adam, that you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Christians who have been led into emotional experiences that beyond their power to comprehend, and then they inquire eagerly whether or not their experience was of God or not. There's another thing, my friends. There are so much emotionally stirring up people in the churches today. Emotionally stirring up and then, you know, but either, is it from God? How do we discern? Well, two things. A.W. Tozer writes, and I quote, what has done to any relationship after you hear the emotionally stirring up? Two questions you need to ask. What has done to my relationship with and my attitude toward the Lord Jesus Christ? Do I love him more after hearing this? Do I love Jesus more? Is Jesus Christ is still to me the center of all my doctrine? When somebody stirs you up, then ask this question. Is it true? Then how does it affect my attitude toward the Holy Scripture? When somebody stirs you emotionally and mentally and everything, you raise this question, how does this affect my attitude toward the Holy Scripture? Did this new view of the truth which was heard, is it from God itself or it is my own personal desire? The key to be assured that anything that comes to us from, from the God, is it from the God of the, God of the Word? Will it depend my love for him? Will it depend my love for the truth of God's word? These are the questions we need to ask. If you want to become strong, these are the issues we need to face and, and then practice. So you will not become the casualty rather than you become an example for people. That's how the Lord would have us too. That's what the Lord would like us to um, be an, a good example. Expect, detect, then reject. Thoroughly reject. One of the advances, one of the advance of devils is detecting. It must be firmly rejected. When the flaming arrows of the devil, Ephesians chapter 6 verse 16, are fired at Christians, they must extinguish by the shield of faith. By the shield of faith. God has given the whole armor of God. What more we need, my friends? What more we need? God has given us Second Peter chapter 1 verse 3, 4, 5, 6. Read at home. 
God has given us everything we need. We don't have to ask God. He has given, he has deposited everything on our account. We need to cash it when we need it. We need to cash it when we need it. You know, how did Jesus handle the temptation? How did he handle? If you are the son of God, you are hungry. 40 days you haven't have anything to eat. Will you, you can do, you are a son of God. So what Satan was telling Jesus, not if you are a son of God, but since you are the son of God. Satan would like Jesus to work and act independently than father. But then what did, how did Jesus encounter, how did he get over, how did he got victory over that? He said, you can turn this bread, stone into the bread and eat. And uh, what did Jesus say? In Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. You know, the book of Revelation, my friends, it's so beautiful. I love it in chapter 12. When they were tempted, the accuser came. They overcame by the word of God. Word of God. That's why you handle word of God correctly. If you do not know, if I give you a machine gun, let's put it next way. If I give you a machine gun, use it. What would you do? Well, I never use it. So, you become the victims. Somebody will shoot you. I like David. I, I just, in chapter, 1 Samuel chapter 17, when David found out that these uncircumcised Philistines defined the army of God, and Saul found out that here's a young man who would like to go and fight the battle. Okay, David, I try my suit and, and, and go. And uh, how did David answer? I said, he said, I never used it. I cannot use it. Do you get the point? I never used it. So many people never use the word of God and they become the victims. Then Satan told, you know, Satan is very smart and shrewd. He knows how to get you in the hook. So he always takes the word of God out of the context. The whole cultic society today has been formed out of, out of the context scripture. Okay? Out of the context. And they make a doctrine. Beware of that, number one. When Satan told that you can fall and the angel will protect you. Well, half truth. <laughs> half truth. But in chapter 91 of Psalm, verse 11 and 12, the word of God says in the beginning, first chapter, uh, chapter 19, 1, verse 1, he that dwelleth in the secret of the Most High shall abide in the shelter of the God Almighty. I will say of the Lord that he is my refuge and he is my strength. And go on in verse 11 and 12, it says, he will protect you. To whom? The one who makes God is a shelter. To them he has promised. Not everybody. 
like, like Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. That is the first word. And then he says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. For whom? The one who makes God is his own shepherd. Not everybody. All right? So you keep that mind. So Satan taking word out of context and he said, you can fall and the angel of the God will come and protect you. But it was only for, God himself was there. Every, it was not for everybody. It was those who make God in their own shelter. And he said, you can worship me and I'll give you everything. And in Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 13 and chapter 10 verse 20, you must fear God and worship him. So beloved, how do you handle the temptation, trial, it comes? Well, thank God he has given us the word. Handle it carefully. And it will be protected. Not only that, you will be protecting yourself, but you are protecting your family. It's wonderful, friends. You are, you are watchmen. If you do not open your eyes and see the battles, you become the victims rather than victor. The Lord doesn't want us to be in that category. He wants us to be victorious people because we have a God who is bigger, greater, mightier, glorious with us than the one who is in this world. Hang in there. He will never let you down. Let's pray. What a joy, Lord, that you have reminded us that the one whom we are sitting under is with us. And we are so grateful, oh God. You have never left us alone. You are always abided in us when we abiding in your word. Thank you, Lord, for reminding us. Thank you, Lord, for guiding us how we should handle. And we pray, oh God, that you help each one of us that we may do so by the authority of your word and be protected for the glory and honor of your name. We pray, Father, for our service. You prepare all of us, choirs and ushers and all those who are working up in the room and preparing for everything. And we pray, Father, for your servant whom you brought us. We pray, Father, that your word be uh, preach, encourage us and challenge us. And those who are in special need, O oh God, they might be met by your Holy Spirit. Oh, we give you praise in advance for what you are going to accomplish. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Thank you very much.